uh, this is a follow-up to habitation. Uh, that was the construction of um, shelters. Uh, when you're out in um, any wilderness situation, uh, one of the things you'll find is that you often don't have any of the things that you need to construct with that you would normally construct with. You don't have nails. You don't have tools. Uh, you often don't have um, things to lash with or uh, knot with or make a snare with or uh, set a trap line with. And you have to make those things from what's around you. Uh, so it's a good idea to keep in mind some of the old uh, forms of construction. So uh, the Native Americans in the United States uh, built everything that they used uh, from uh, the natural environment. Um, later, when they had access to things that would not normally be available to them, they, they used those also. But they originally built all of their uh, weapons and uh, trap lines and living circumstances from the natural world. Uh, also, um, when uh, the settlers first came out west, we there weren't any um, reliable source of nails or fasteners, and uh, so there was uh, a need to build without those things. So it's a good idea to try to go through this. This is all over the world, uh, in Africa, in Asia, in South America, uh, in the Arctic, um, building using natural available items and methods. So one of the, one of the best things to research when you have a little bit of time uh, is how to um, con make a construction or construct something using something other than a fastener. So you would want to think of things like friction, tension, pressure, gravity, uh, interlocking and locking parts uh, that don't require um, fasteners and then lacing or weaving. Uh, <clears throat> so it's just like when you're rock climbing, uh, you push and pull to hold yourself, you know, you, you hold yourself to the stone wall and you both push and pull using friction to secure yourself to the wall and also to move vertically up the wall. Um, so there's a bunch of different uh, old uh, carpentry methods. Uh, there's a mortise and tenon. This is, uh, you have a, a groove, a, a square-shaped hole, and you fit a, a square-shaped peg into the square-shaped hole. So basically like a the single peg piece on a Lego. Um, 
you have a dovetail. This has two holes with, or three holes with three pegs that go in. Again, like a Lego, but this is on wood. Uh, you have, um, Most of these take tools that you can make uh, from things around you. Uh, you can make a bow drill that's uh, similar to the fire starting drill that we that was uh, presented earlier. Um, you can take you can make your own bandsaw. Uh, you use a bow backing, and you can use a piece of wire uh, or um, uh, razor wire works really great, uh, barbed wire works well, or uh, some things like, this is really unusual to get, but um, the uh, um, the saw part from a sawfish and some shell parts uh, um, inserted into or glued into with resin into wood. Uh, you can make your own saw. Uh, some of these are, you know, difficult to use for very long, and some of them are pretty good. Um, you can make your own hammer and chisel set using uh, shaped stones that you locate by paying attention as you're moving through an area. You can pick those up and... and uh, you have a hammer and chisel set. So I'm going to go through some of these. Um, the mortise and tenon is a well-known one. Uh, dovetail is a well-known one. Um, there's a half-blind dovetail. This is a variation on the dovetail. Uh, it only has one face of the joint showing. Um, you have a sliding dovetail. This is a long groove. Uh, with a, uh, the end of the um, your your peg piece, it runs down the end of a board. Uh, you might not be making a board in a wilderness situation, but you know you might have the end of a log or some similar item uh, that you that you can fit into a groove. Um, you can either use a, a dovetail or a sliding dovetail for um, interlocking several pieces or you can uh, you can actually build a shelving uh, you have a you have an upright piece and you lock the shelf piece into the upright by means of sliding it in and um, shaping your your groove in the upright piece so that you're lock-in piece slides in and up and locks the um, locks the shelf into place. You can do that without any uh, without any fasteners. You don't need anything to build it with. You can just uh, basically it works off of friction and tension between the two boards. Uh, if you don't have, you know, you were talking about um, branches and so on, but you can still use this same the same con concept and method uh, with less finished pieces of wood. Um, there's a box joint. This is a um, 
five grooves and six or five slots and six grooves. Uh, you have a doweling. This is where you have a long dowel piece uh, carved off of the end of the piece of wood. Uh, you have two of them that go in and lock into a to a uh, a drilled out hole um, in your uh, like a Lego piece, but longer in your upright or your or your um, receiving board. Uh, a lot of these uh, you would have you might be able to use them without any lashing or glue. Uh, usually now in construction, they are in, you know, uh, woodworking, fine woodworking and, and, um, uh, building using these methods, uh, glue is used. Uh, in the old days, they didn't use glue. They locked the pieces together and then the resulting, uh, construction held up under a combination of interlocking tension and the tension between its use and gravity. But for glue, you can use eggs or sap, uh, pine resin, um, boiled hooves, uh, and, and, um, uh, hide, if it's boiled, creates a, a glue. Um, let's see, further methods are, uh, the biscuit plate joinery. Uh, that's not as strong. That's a, a curved, um, plate, thin plate piece that fits into a curved plate receptive groove, uh, football shaped biscuit into a football shaped insert groove. Uh, there's a half lap. This is one that's used uh, for lashings um, when you're making a, a a bow. You might use this method. Um, one end of your you have two pieces of wood that you're trying to join together, and uh, obviously they they don't really go together smoothly. Uh, you you cut the corner out the the top corner out of one, your, your, uh, receiving piece and the bottom corner out of your attaching piece. And then you, um, lock the two of them together and bind it or glue it, um, together to hold it together. Sometimes you can uh, attach those in such a way that they lock together in a set of four to six. It's usually five or more uh, to make sort of like a puzzle locking together. Uh, there's a tongue and groove open end, uh, tongue and groove closed end. So the tongue and groove open in. This is, uh, uh, you have a long piece of um, insert going into a long piece of uh, entry 
um, insert point uh, the the entry piece is uh, a rounded um, raised long uh, carved um, extension and the receptive piece is a is a long rounded groove cut in the receptor piece and the two of them fit together uh, tongue and groove closed in that's where uh, the groove doesn't go all the way to the end it only it stops about uh, one to two inches from the end of the the receiving edge of um, of your receptive your receiving piece uh, you would slide it in one end and then wedge in wedge it into the closed end and there's no you don't it doesn't require any glue or fastener to it uh, there's a half lap joint uh, that's locked in at right angles so you would it looks like a uh when you're constructing a log cabin you're using um the basic half lap joint concept um you have a you have a square partial groove and you fit a square uh partial indentation into it to lock your logs together in a staggered stack uh and then the dado uh, this is a, a large, like if you're fitting a, a full-sized uh, squared-off beam into a, a, a beam recept point, it's, it's a, you've cut a hole in your receptive wood that's the same size as your beam piece which is large and squared off. And uh, most of these require um, wedging in. Uh, you, you, you cut the receiving um, slot or uh, groove or hole um, just slightly small. And then you would wedge in the end and and use your um use a, a hammer to wedge the piece drive the piece in to fit snugly so that it it's held in by tension rather than requiring nails or lashing things together, which you just can't always do. Uh, for the construction, uh, we the, I brought it up earlier about nets. You can make your own net. Uh, native peoples all over the world make their own nets. They make them out of vines. They make them out of rope. Uh, they use various other local available 
uh, items. You can use the insides of certain trees and uh, vegetation. Um, uh, you run a line uh, and then you knot um, a set of lines off of that one line. So you have one line running horizontally and then you uh, you tie with, you knot on with a half hitch, uh, we'll say 20 lines that hang vertically. And then you run a second line through those, through those 20 lines over and under, over and under, over and under, over and under, and you tie those off each line until you, and then you run another horizontal piece and then another horizontal piece uh, with a slight, you know, with a half inch or a full inch separation between them uh, until you've got a net built. And then you can use that net. Uh, people use rope, vine, uh, sinew. Uh, sinew you can get from uh, straight sinew or smashed tendons. You smash and split, split it into finer um, diameter. Uh, you can use horse hair for your nooses and snares. Uh, rawhide, saplings, reeds, willow. Uh, for man-made um, use for nets, weaving, and braiding, you can use wire, fine or gauge wire like piano wire, nylon, silk strips. Uh, you can use pantyhose. Uh, some, some people take those out. Uh, in a field circumstance for warmth and uh, you can use those just as well as anything else. Uh, dental floss is a good one and uh, I'll go over some other ones later. Uh, another thing to keep in mind is steam. Uh, you can use steaming to uh, make wood more malleable uh, and form it into some specific shape that it doesn't normally um, it doesn't normally hold of its own uh, growth pattern. Um, you build a fire and uh, put a um, make a tripod out of uh, um, lengths of wood and cover that tripod and then put a pot of water in it and boil it. Uh, when it's boiling, you put your piece of wood in to your steaming tent and steam it until it becomes uh, flexible, more flexible than it is, uh, and shape it. And, and then um, you can hold it with rope or uh, set it between two stones or jam it into a, a crevice in a cliff whatever you've got to work with to uh, get it to hold that shape until it dries. And then once it dries, that it'll keep the shape that you put it in, the uh, half bow or um, an arch or whatever it is that you're trying to build with it. Uh, carpenters and woodworkers have um, developed a, a repertoire of a useful um, building without the use of any 
metal fasteners. And it's a good idea to go over some of these. The Amish use it. Um, and if you get even just a sort of a basic comfort level with that, you can usually, uh, it, it really helps in circumstances where you don't have anything, you know, to build anything else with. I mean, you can't, you can't fish because you don't have anything to build any of the things that you would fish with. So, uh, it's a good idea to look it up when you have a chance to. A lot of these methods, you kind of want to use two or more of the methods together. If you're, uh, if you're um, interlocking or grooving pieces of wood, pieces of wood together, uh, pieces of branch together, you might want to lash it or try to glue it if you can. Uh, if you're using glues, you want to combine that with binding or lashing uh, for long-term um, construction. And that's about it on that.